It's the final road to Fast Nine. <laughs> it's me, Daryl Wong, and <laughs> me, Nick Nocera. Two guys who, over the course of twenty seasons, have binged and binged all over again the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. Yep. We're your boys. We're no one likes to tune a podcast. We are. We are jumping for Fast Nine. Jump it. We're ready. We're ready for <laughs> Fast Nine. And welcome to the new listeners. We got a couple new listeners this week. Had a big hey. week, though. Hell Had yeah. Had a big week on the final road to Fast Nine. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, no one likes the Tuna Podcast. We watch a Fast and Furious movie every week, every single one, mm-hmm. and uh, we talk about it, review them. I don't know. Host a stupid comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, how was your watch? Through? We watched Too Fast, Too Furious this week, right? Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast it? for y'all. Mm-hmm. I had a great watch. Yeah. I like these movies, man. Bro, like, I like these uh, movies too, but I gotta tell you, didn't have a great watch. <laughs> I mean, I, I watched it in like five minute increments yesterday, like the first mm-hmm. half. I'd say I watched the first like 50 minutes in like 10, five minute. I just couldn't, it just, I couldn't do it. And then this morning, I was like, fuck, I gotta just chug it. And I, 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 you know, I took my medicine, mm-hmm. I swallowed the pills, and I just cranked out the last 50 minutes. And uh, this movie is way, I want, it's like way better directed than the first movie. Yeah? Yeah. Especially the driving scenes I noticed, like, go from... What we get in Fast One, in terms of like the racing sequences, mm-hmm. all we see in the first one is like two cars that are like passing each other, yeah, on a horizontal plane, really. In a horizontal plane with like the back, it looks like a Hanna Barbera cartoon, like the old Scooby Doo cartoons where there's like bring, 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 and they're trying to run, and the background is just sort of scrolling behind them. Mm-hmm. This one opens up and it's like, and there's like Dutch angles and they're going around turns and there's a lot like, more neon lights. And the camera oftentimes like starts in the front of the vehicle, goes, does a shot of like an action shot of the driver actually like operating the vehicle and then like gets left in the dust and turns around to see the back of the car. Like does this mm-hmm. really nice panning piece. I must have been kind of fun to work on the driving scenes in this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Both that one and the race in the middle do that. The final scene sort of doesn't end up doing too much interesting stuff car-wise, I feel like. but You're talking about the boat jump? Yeah, the boat jump scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I really like the car scenes. I think John Singleton was a real director and was like, yeah, let's have some fun. Let's do some car racing shit here, mm-hmm. you know? Made sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When I watch, yeah, particularly in the past two viewings here for one and two, I I try to look for the things that, um, that the creators, producers of the future movies went back, watched these movies, they're like, you know what? I like that. Let's bring... Let's bring something. Let's bring something about that into the new movie. And when I look at the scenes, um, especially with the cops, um, yeah, like the local PD and the FBI customs, mm-hmm. like chopper scene with all the cop cars, like that to me really like somebody must have watched that when making Fast Five, right? With the heist scene and just use the usage of the islands and the cops and. Having two cars trying to navigate through. That, yeah, and that's that to a, me seems I feel related. like a hard piece to put together, you know? Mm-hmm. Of like, ba, 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 helicopter, uh, command center, uh, cops on the ground, uh, in the cars, you know? Like, I just think 
editing all that stuff together would probably be a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the weird thing. Like this movie has all the elements of like good things. It's got. I really mean this. It's like John Singleton's a good director. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the and like uh, like I s- said before, the racing scenes are dynamic. The performances are good. I mean, people can talk about Paul Walker from like here to high water, but it, like he's doing the thing he does in these movies, and he's not doing any like worse in this movie. I feel like than any of the other movies, basically. Mm-hmm. And Tyrese is like a dynamic performer. That John Singleton obviously brought in. Carter Verone is Carter Verone, as we found. I'm a fan. Daryl is not. Uh, uh, Ava Mendes is doing her thing. I mean, the mm-hmm. one performance that kind of slips for me is like the customs guy. Forget that actor's name. Uh, Richard something. Um, yeah. I don't love him, but like he doesn't ruin the movie, right? And, like, Bilkins is good. So, performance is good. Direction, good. Camera work, good. The thing I think maybe ruins this movie is the production design. Mm-hmm. In that, like, it went so hard into that, like, late 90s aesthetic that felt four years behind the times that I think... Yeah, I think um, I think it really like is the thing people point to in this movie that make this movie like oh this is silly and stupid. Even the script mm. is fine, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not the most interesting in the entire world, but like it's fine. And like Tyrese is clearly doing some like interesting improv and like has some interesting moments about like um ambition and being hungry and like wanting something more out of life and betrayal and you know there's a lot of nice sort of layered themes in this movie Mm -hmm. that work pretty well but it just also has this facade of like horrible day glow pink plush seats you know like furry seats nightclub kind of spangly thing going on that I think is mm-hmm. not I think really r- ruins the movie this is the lowest budget of all of the movies in the franchise um, probably it, the only contender could be Tokyo Drift mm-hmm. actually My guess would this would be the third lowest budget. Really? Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. I would guess it's at the bottom. Uh, I would guess Tokyo Drift is the lowest. Mm-hmm. And then Fast One. And mm. then this one. That'd be my guess. Interesting. I can look it up. Let's have a look-see. My guess would be that this was the lowest one. I think yeah. that they started at original Fast 1. They were like, uh, let's make a sequel, but let's put a little bit less into it. That happened, and then they were like, uh, this, yeah, this could still churn out a few more box office dollars. Let's give it a little bit more resources right. and see what they can do. And right. from there, just... Exponential growth in budget. Um, That's what it seems like. You may be right. You may be right. I think. Hard to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, no, no. Definitely the lowest by a mile is The Fast and the Furious. Huh. Yeah. So. What I'm reading here, and obviously, who knows where these numbers come from. And then, like, promotion materials is not Mm -hmm. always really, like, wrapped into these numbers. So, a lot of times, you got to plop on an extra third or whatever, depending on how much the studios believed in the movie and decided to, like, dump into promoting. But, Mm -hmm. 
The Fast and the Furious, we're talking 38 mil reported. Which is like, in 2001, a pretty mid-budget action movie. Like, Mm -hmm. not bad. Uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. 76 million US dollars. Wow. Which I had to think went to Paul Walker, getting Paul Walker to sign on. Mm -hmm. Number one. I think visual effects, maybe. Good chunk there. And I think Mm -hmm. John Singleton probably brought in some money for himself on this picture. But I don't really know. Yeah. And then um, Tokyo Drift, third at 85, which is the same reported budget as the fourth one, 85. Hmm. And then obviously explodes Fast Five, 125, six. We've talked about this a little bit before. Six, I think, is like 150. Mm-hmm. And then seven and eight just go crazy. It's like seven was huge because they had to pause production. And then mm-hmm. eight is like a $250 million picture, which is fucking wow. insane. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's without inflation factored in. Mm-hmm. Oh, six was 260 Fuck me. What an expensive fucking movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a masterpiece, so. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Somebody had to custom build those F1 flippers. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, listen. Absolutely. Picture cars, you got to, like, build them. They really went on the streets with those custom ramp racer cars, and, it's, you know, shows. They're cool. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so for this movie. Yeah. We were. T- I think you touched briefly on um, recurring themes here. Yeah. And I was noticing how hard they went into twos for the Too Fast, Too Furious, right? This is yeah. one of the few movies where they repeat a lot of lines, right? Yeah. We got the How About Them Apples. We got the reusage of Copacetic, We Hungry, Pockets Ain't Empty. Yeah. And I think they're... I don't know if they're doing this on purpose, but they're using the script to double down on those twos. And really, this movie's about two brothers yep. getting second chances. Oh! <laughs> I love that. That's really good, man. Eh. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Wow. I, I like I'm blown away. I think. I mean, I have nothing to say. I'm left speechless. That's an incredible point. Right. I think. Um, it's the all like, inarguably, is the best named movie in the franchise. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. They really, really went for it early, and they nailed it. The <laughs> too fast, too furious. Is there any other franchise that successfully uses the two? The only one I think, like, a lot of movies try to do, like, a clever sequel name, Men in Black, mm-hmm. and you have the M2 Black. I'm trying to think of other se- series or sequels. Yeah. The only other one I can think of is, like, Dumb and Dumber-er. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> that is not bad. That is not bad, man. <laughs> That is not bad. Um, I'm trying to think of anything that would really work. I mean, a lot of movies like put the number as a replacement letter in the thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I think Taken 3 has the E is like a 3, so it's like backwards. Yeah. And um, Fan Forstick. You know, like the Fantastic Four from oh, like 2015 yeah. nah, or whatever. No, nah, <laughs> terrible. I'm not into that. No, <laughs> not, not in, I'm not into this pager talk. Okay. Yeah. If y'all know of any movies that do this, like use the sequel number as a in perfect, a better way. <laughs> uh, I would be interested in knowing uh, what those might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's like some 3D ones, too. Mm. Like some movies that 
had a third number in the franchise that also went 3D, you know? <laughs> nice. So, but I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm taking a brief glance, but Nothing not really doing there. it. Not really doing it. Um, what do I have for this movie? I like when Brian gets captured. He's sitting there in the interrogation room with what's the back? What's the uh, oh? I forgot what it is. Journey to the center of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so lame. Right. Wait, is what's the first movie called? It's just called Journey, Journey to the Center. Journey to the Center of the Earth. And then it's Journey. I think this is real, man. I yeah. think it's Journey to the Center. To, to, Journey to the Center yeah. of the Earth. And then it's, oh, it's not even. It's Journey to the number, The Mysterious Island is the sequel. Mm. Mm. So I think what we're saying is that among other um, cinematic breakthroughs, the Fast and Furious franchise also has reached the pinnacle of sequel naming and has otherwise set a standard for the naming of sequels that has not been matched since then. Often parodied, but truly they've taken the Too Fast, Too Furious mentality and brought it all the way through their script and they're living that too fast life through it. yeah it's really like like you mentioned it's thematic and uh like sequelistic you know? <laughs> i don't think that's a word yeah i'm trying to look up some other ones it doesn't nothing compares there's nothing com- that compares halloween h2o underwater halloween yeah, that was the confusing part. It's actually the 20th anniversary. It was like released on the 20th anniversary <laughs> of the first Halloween movie. So it's age 20. Mm, it doesn't like, happen. Is there not any always water? water. <laughs> mm. There's no water in that movie then. That does not. No, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Does not qualify. Yeah. Um. Hey... Does How You Like Them Apples, is that from Goodwill Hunting? Like, did Goodwill Hunting make that up? Or was that like a Boston thing? Or like what? All right. So if, if we live in a world where Goodwill Hunting made up How You Like Them Apples, then it would appear to be that Goodwill Hunting, the Gus Van Zant feature from 98, maybe? Mm-hmm. Exists in the Tooniverse as a real <laughs> motion picture property, right? And I'm trying to think is there anybody, I mean, this would really be incredible, but is there anybody who, in Goodwill Hunting, who crosses over into oh. the Tooniverse? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is it? Is Google Hunting, was it produced by Universal? Mm, I don't think so. No, it's a Miramax picture. It's Weinstein mm. Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, Ben and Matt, obviously not. But both would be very good in <laughs> these movies. Um... Stellan Skarsgård also would be great in these movies. Robin Williams, R.I.P., would have been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is her? Mini Driver? Those are about all the people in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, I don't think so. It'd be cool to see somebody pop up, though. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. but then, if not, could conceivably Tyrese has watched... Goodwill Hunting and enjoy the picture. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Did I see a headline somewhere that Ava Mendez is going to return to the franchise? I, I, you know, you see these headlines every couple of years. <laughs> and, like, we even had, I think they even believed the headlines at some point because they put her in end credits of Fast Five. Uh-huh. But, I mean... I don't know. If right. I'm Ava Mendez... If you're Ava Mendez, do you go back? Yes. <laughs> Hard yes. Yeah? I mean, is yeah. that you, Daryl, saying, like, I like these movies, and if I'm anybody and get the opportunity to be in these <laughs> movies, I will do it? Or is that... Or is that something like... Like, are you thinking about, like, where am I, Ava Mendez, in my career now? Where is Ava Mendez in her career now? I she think she... stuff? You know, she had kids. Mm-hmm. Her and Ryan Gosling. Gosling? Gosling? I didn't know they were... Yeah. I didn't know they were together. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, a little smooch smooch Wowza. Yeah. Holy moly, I didn't know that. I know. I know. Quite the catch, Ryan. They met on the set, I believe, of Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, they were both in together. Derek C. and Fran's picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. They hang out. They, <laughs> they had a couple... Uh, <laughs> They had a couple kids. Yeah. I just think they had more than one, but I could be wrong. They could have just had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I were Ava Mendez, I would for sure take another Fast and the Furious contract. Char- I mean, Charlize is in the franchise. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of other nice actors. It's like... And she already has a... Yeah, I'll a, take the money. Like, take the money. Yeah. She also I- has a partial storyline, right? Because we saw her... Definitely. Yeah. She's been With doing Hobbs. something governmental. <laughs> we don't exactly. really know what. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We left that matter. door open for you, Ava. We left yeah, that door absolutely. open. And you can join as whatever you want, military. She would be, as a fan, low on my list of people I want to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the list is like Gallo's Pizza <laughs> 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 from this movie. Uh-huh. Agent Dunn, our fave, yeah. our absolute favorite character, my number one character in the entire franchise, Agent Dunn, Leon, yeah, Carter Verone. Hair. <laughs> he said, Paul Walker says in this movie at the end, it'll be out, it'll be out, it'll be out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. That would be cool. I just think it would be cool if, like, you know how we sort of stepped up bad guys? Like, it's Arturo Braga, and then Braga was working for Shaw 1, and then Shaw 1 was brothers with the Shaw 2, and then Shaw 1 and Shaw 2 were working for Cypher or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, we sort of (laughs) step up along the way. Everybody's working for Carter Verone. Everybody's working for Carter Verone. Cypher is actually working for Carter Verone. That would be great. That's not bad. That's not bad. I don't know. I don't think it would be very good, but, you know, whatever. All right. Next point on the list of notes Mm -hmm. I took, which is a thing I did for this movie. So it doesn't make a ton of sense to me that the guys are like uh, cereal box guys. John, what's his name? Senta Tiabo. <laughs> John Senta Tiabo. Thing. I think I've turned a click in my brain where I don't remember Senta Tiabo because I know you remember it. And so mm-hmm. my brain has just been like, no need. <laughs> We're good there. <laughs> I'm covered. House keys. You got them. I don't need to carry them around. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, John Sensitiampo and the other guy. It doesn't make sense to me that they, like, go race again. Like, they agree to the race for pinks. These guys 
beat them already in a race for this job. Like, low mm-hmm. stakes, same cars. We're driving to the waterfront, right? Mm-hmm. These guys already won a race. And now they're like, yes, let's race again. And also, let's extremely raise the stakes <laughs> to like not just not get one contract job, but put our like life's work of our cars on the line. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I mean, if you place yourself in the shoes of a street racer, which I right? do every day, the uh, the confidence always comes from within, right? Mm. And you constantly have to test yourself to see if uh, you're road ready and to prove your raceability here. So these guys are like, look, like we know we've got great machines, we know we're great drivers. Mm. Let's take this. Let's redeem ourselves from this original thing. Let's go for a full rematch, which we fully believe we will win. Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I, and it is a different setup. Themselves. It's like down and back, right? It's like right. two straight lines in one turn. So if you got them on the straight line by a significant amount, the turn is not going to be that much. I mean, I assume the Evo in the um, other car. Spider. The Spider. No, isn't it? Yeah. And then have like a better turning radius or like are better equipped to maneuver around that cone. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of a, a race like that before, a down and back. I thought that was a Tedge, I've Tedge heard of Parker it in original. Swimming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in like you know, like competitive swimming. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think sometimes they go down and back. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, so like the concept, that, the concept's out there. <laughs> you know? Hold on, now that I think. All right, so in Olympic track and field, do they ever run like down and backs, or do the I relays? Don't think so I think they're always no, because that's a, a loop. So there's right. no point in running. You either go a hundred meters or like you know four hundred meters, whatever. <laughs> so. I ran a little bit of track and field in middle school. and Sure. This makes sense. Yeah. And we did a little bit of running. I was fairly fast for a seventh grader. Okay. And I was on a seventh or eighth grader. I forgot what year it was. But we were on a relay team. And there were four people on the team. And you stand. I don't even think it was 100 meters. It might have been 50 meters apart. Maybe. And you sort of run. And then you pass to your person. And you sort of run at each other back run and forth. at each other yeah i mean so there's like oh half your, see, it's like I two see. and two like bocce ball yeah. style your teams line up yeah and you run one pass run over and now that i think about it that's not even a real track and field i don't event. think so that's only for middle schoolers yeah we that's lost a, that's a middle school exclusive right there <laughs> so we were very fast but we yeah. lost like dramatically because I not only it was my handoff, I passed it off to the person. This person dropped the baton. Do you want to onto name the ground? Shame? I don't remember who it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> One of my friends dropped it onto the ground, and then they Chet blamed me Wilson. because once it was on the ground, I was slowing down, but it hit my foot and I kicked it. Oh no! <laughs> Like flew off the course. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, now that I'm recalling this uh, traumatic event here, I mm-hmm. recognize that that's not, in fact, a real track and field. Yeah, event. I don't think it is. I think all the relays that they do in real track and field are like same direction, and you have to like start running and hold your hand back to get the baton, that's right. which that's seems right. even trickier. Yeah. Yeah. How do you run straight in that case? 
Well, you don't, you it's don't. A, sometimes it's a turn. <laughs> the whole yeah. thing's a loop. So, you know. But there are lines, I would say. You know? Right. So as long as you're in the lines, I think you're okay. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in swimming, they some, you know, you either go down, you go down and back, or you go down mm-hmm. and back like four times, I think. And then there's like relays where each person goes down and back once, and then... It's wild. So maybe, I mean, Tej does live by the water. <laughs> He's been, we've seen him on screen hosting water events. Water event. Maybe he is a big proponent of youth competitive swimming, understands how relays work in that uh-huh. sport, and just decided to take conceptually that thing and translate it over to this race, the racing world. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I mean, he's a skilled organizer. I think he has self-professed this. And like with the innovation in this relay drag race, I think he really has changed it up for the better. I would love to see some more of that organization skills come out in the um, later movies from Tej. You know? Mm -hmm. Of like, they need to pull together an event. (laughs) Tej is like, I'm on I got this. You know, make some phone calls. Yeah. How big an LED screen do we need? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to, do you want to jump or no jump? Jump or no jump. Yeah. Or mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He should do more tricks. He should pull more tricks and stuff. Um, he should definitely pull more tricks. Yeah. Like the, like the use of oil slick. More pranks. Yeah. More pranks. You know? Real, get a real Aston Kutcher punk vibe going. Yeah. You should yeah. use more construction, like dump trucks and like cement pourers and different types of vehicles to uh, mm-hmm. spice up the vehicular warfare. Do you think Paul Walker was ever on punked? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it, seems, it seems like he was kind of the right, right time, celebrity at right, the time. Yes, <laughs> right? Doesn't it feel like of the Tooniverse cast? Mm-hmm. Paul Walker would be the one, I feel like. Yeah. Who would get punked. I feel like Jordana Brewster could be on a mm, punk. Maybe. As well. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um... Do you have any more points about this movie? Mm, the only small one I have here is that when they do the the Dukes of Hazard jump, there's definitely more Carter Barone Goonies on that yacht. Where did they all go? Huh? He gets on the boat with like at least yeah, and eight Ava dudes. like waves right. I think they're she under the a- car. All of them were just hanging out. Just hanging out right the, under. I mean, it's a nice little area. Huh? There's a couch and shit, right? <laughs> Taking a little bit of breeze, have a mimosa. They were all doing that since they were safe at sea already. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. They're, they got away with it. Mm-hmm. They got away with it. So, uh, I don't know. I don't... Eh. Mm. I don't know, maybe they're just downstairs and they're like, eh, I mean, this seems like a, a car just crashed into our boat. I don't think we should really get involved here. I think we're good here. I, I think, think we're, we're done. I think yeah. we're done. Listen, guys, good run. Solid effort, everybody, all around. The thing where we sort of threw them off with the uh, airstrip thing, great plan. Sometimes the universe just... Doesn't go your way. Mm-hmm. And so I think this, at this moment, we're just going to hang. We're going to hang. We're going to let the prisoner go upstairs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like Carter, hey, listen. Good guy. <laughs> Solid uh-huh. guy. Seems to be in a little hot water right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And honestly, all I'm saying is, 
I don't think me getting involved in this situation would really be helpful at this point. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were, maybe they were land based goonies for hire, and he yeah. went a little bit too far into international waters, and they were no longer able to provide their services. Yeah, it's like uh, Carter. If you take a look at the contract here. <laughs> Doesn't say anything about the sea. <laughs> so once we're in international waters, all these contracts are these contracts are void. This is a domestic I'm just a passenger issue. at this point. Yeah, I'm as much a hostage as Ava Mendes, kind of. When you think about it, mm-hmm. you know, right? Yeah, I don't know. My last point I have is that. There's a line where Paul Walker says, like, when the, they're talking the e- talking the cars, and Tyrese is like, I got the convertible. Brian is, like, too much chrome for me anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Brian, you were driving, like, a silver-ass car in the beginning <laughs> of this movie. Like, you're a fan. Uh-huh. It's basically he drove a chrome vehicle. With blue neon underglow. With blue neon underglow. <laughs> what do we say? Uh, NOS uh, relief valves off the, yep. <laughs> off the hood. Yep. And like tie-dyed NOS tanks. <laughs> okay, blue tie-dye NOS tanks. And you're sitting there being like, Nah, it's too much chrome on this car. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Unless he's referring to, like, the wheel gauge. Mm-hmm. Maybe, where he's like, the chromes. The wheels I think are he too was... big, and I don't, it, it would affect my driving and my driving style. That seems like a stretch to me, though. I thought he was just talking about the rims. Chrome rims, right? That's not Brian's style. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Not the size, just the general. It takes a certain, like... Does the skyline have drive. chrome rims, though? No, I don't think so. Mm. Usually a chrome rim is not a performance wheel set. I mean, Mostly I for agree. Style. Yeah. So, yeah, Brian's more of a performance super, guy. Yeah. Yeah. They're not super I mean, chromed out. You could put some chromes on the Audi. That might look kind of cool. That would look good. That would look good. I got my thing. The problem is I scrape into the curb too much when I'm trying to park my car. <laughs> <laughs> Do I spend like a bunch of money on chrome rims? Yeah, They're getting probably ruined. not. They're getting yeah. ruined. Is the problem. Right. Nobody likes a dirty chrome rim. You got to keep those things. You got to keep them fresh, polished. Yeah. Anyway, I was thinking black, though, maybe. Ooh, nice. Give him a little spray. That could so. be cool. Um, anyway, do you want to do some shout-outs? Jesus, sure we've been do. at this for 40 minutes. How's that possible? <laughs> yeah. It's um, 220s. What do you want to shout-out to this week? Uh, I want to give a little shout-out to... Sunrise Market. Mm. So Sunrise Market is in is a Japanese market, and mm-hmm. they don't have the best selection. So I yeah, a couple of weeks ago I got my second vaccine. I've been enjoying some freedoms nice. around town here, and Absolutely. and one of the things that I was looking forward to was going to Asian grocery store to get just like fun stuff: sauces, snacks, vegetables, noodles, that kind of stuff, and. We were gonna. We had planned to go to like a bigger like Chinese market, but we were meeting up with a friend today, and we sort of chose a place where we could like hang out and get a little bit of food. But there was a Sunrise Market, and mm-hmm. Sunrise, they don't have like the biggest selection for, like yeah, like that you would get at a like a Chinese supermarket, but they have just enough such that it'll do the job. And the main yeah. benefit is that they're always placed in, like, very good locations. This one mm. was an industry, industry city, which still kind of fun to hang out at. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sunrise Market I've never been to. And it's a chain, mm-hmm. you said. It is a chain. So there's one. Um, I always remember there's one in Soho. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first one I would go to. It's very small, but you can get little snacks and stuff. Whenever I was in that area, it was a nice place to go, go get. To. Yeah. yeah, a little lunch. And I think there was one in Williamsburg. Also, it's one. It always feels like a like um, an oasis because sometimes you're like in a place where you're just like I don't want to like eat any of this stuff that's here. Right. They always conveniently place a sunset or sunrise market there where. That's good. That's always helpful to have. Is the chain above or below in terms of like scale, I would guess, I would Mm -hmm. say. Is it above or below an H mark? Um, It's below. I think it's smaller than an H mark. Yeah. 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 I love a good H mark. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. But it is like the midline, I feel like, of like food places in New York City. Of like, mm-hmm. it's not, they're not huge, but they're not small. Right. They got stuff, they don't got everything. H Mart will sell, like, they have like a full produce section, though, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, this does yeah, not, H- Sunrise is not. Sunrise is not. They do, they have like your noodles and like your dried stuff and a lot of your snacks and stuff, but they do yeah. not have a full uh, produce section. Right. Do they have a meat? Do they have any meat? They do have meat. They have a mm. fish, meat. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the stores around here will do, it's like meat is off the table. They're like, we'll do everything. Like, they call them fruit and veg, like a fruit and veg mm-hmm. store. And it just means, like, we sell everything but meat, basically. Mm-hmm. They have all the packaged stuff and this, whatever, but they just don't sell. They don't have, like, a butcher shop. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, fine. If you need milk and you need, like, a, some vegetables around the corner, it's a pretty good right. place to go. All right, so shout-out to Sunrise Market. I have an anti-shout-out this week. Ooh, I'm getting yeah. negative on this cycle. <laughs> I'm just getting going to get nasty. Mm-hmm. I bought these black jeans maybe a year ago, and I think I gave them a shout-out on the pod, uh-huh. which I love in these blacks. Now that they are a little less stiff and a little more comfort-fitting, I've worn them in a little bit. Okay. Loving these black jeans. Big problem with the black jeans. Lint. Hmm. As soon yeah. as I put they're like lint magnets. It's everywhere. And I got to roll them in the morning, which takes time. And I got a fucking, like, we obviously didn't get, like, a regular-ass roller. We had to get, like, this roller that's, like, one-sided. You brush one way, and it's, like, a reusable <laughs> thing. Like, I've seen one of those. Just give me the tape, you know? It's, yeah, it's, it's just, like, a bunch of, what is it? Is it nylon shingles, basically? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it is. And it's, like, abrasive one way, and we'll take the lint off. But if you do it the other way, it puts the lint right back on. <laughs> it's like using a uh, it's like using a broom in one direction for a few sweeps and mm-hmm. then back sweeping on yourself. <laughs> yes, that is exactly right. It's a lint broom. So don't like the lint broom, first of all, but I just don't like lint is and then I'm like, lint is everywhere. Man, I right. can't tell you end of the day. <laughs> I get home. Okay. There is a mountain of lint in my belly button. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where it comes from, man. I do not know where it comes from. Uh Like, what is going on here, people? Right. You know? Listen, I'll be honest, I got a kind of a deep, deep deep-ass belly button. (laughs) A little bit of a cavern in there. I was hanging on to that umbilical cord for like extra long. <laughs> uh, but man, I gotta like, it's like nasty. I gotta go in and like dig lint out of my belly button. What else, what else am I supposed to do? What uh-huh. else am I supposed to do? It just like, I can't just let it build up and overtake me. You right, know? Right. If I wear shoes with socks, it's game over. <laughs> Toe lint in the evening time, bro. 
Uh-huh. I just think uh-huh. we should find a way to rid ourselves as, of lint conceptually hmm. as a thing. You know how people are working hard on exterminating mosquitoes from the face of the earth? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, it won't harm the ecological chain of whatever. So we should like genetically modify non-producing mosquitoes and release them into the wild. And then they'll mate with other mosquitoes, and eventually, if we get enough of those non-genetically producing mosquitoes, all the mosquitoes will die out. Uh-huh. I love that kind of thinking. <laughs> but let's take it away from mosquitoes and somehow apply it to lint. Uh-huh. You know? And be like, let's just get rid of lint. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a, there's a way where lint could just dissolve. In some fashion, like material. Once it falls off, it like toasts into the atmosphere or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe there was like a coating you could put on your items at home that would help increase Mm -hmm. the, um, I don't know, deterioration of lint. That would be cool. That would be Mm -hmm. cool. Always looking for new coatings, as you know, (laughs) on this podcast. Okay. I got my suede shoe weatherproof Uh and coating. So nice. I got room for more in my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a, oh, a ton of lint. I mean, lint, is lint and it's dust everywhere. the same stuff? What? Is lint and dust the same stuff? Is it all the I same? I think it's just a mix like of like clothing fibers and dust sort of sticking together in a ball, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, right? I mean, when you do your laundry, you always have that... Huge you got a lint, lint catcher. ball that comes out. Yeah. yeah. So all of your all of your clothes are constantly linting until they turn into nothing, right? I think so. I so, think so. I don't know. I'm like I have a little dust I have a little like handheld vacuum cleaner. I use that thing every single day. I don't know yeah. where all the fucking lint comes from. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It just gets <laughs> You think we would have solved this issue by now. I think maybe what I'll do is take a little, you know, those the washing machine nylon lint catcher sacks that you have to sort of empty or the, like, mm-hmm. the lint filters. What mm-hmm. if I just got a screen filter and put it in front of my, and taped it onto <laughs> yeah. my belly button? One of the, wear a girdle. <laughs> a girdle with a little sink screen on there. You could choose different uh, grains of yep. whatever fits. You still want breathability. You don't want to get too moist oh, in yeah. there. <laughs> no, absolutely. You want it to be nice and dry in there. Just put a ba- put a band aid on top of it. That's not a bad idea. It's <laughs> not a bad idea. I I mean, if I do that, I don't want to like. Accidentally murder the little elves that live in my family. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like the little that's bad luck. elves. Yeah, that's bad luck. You don't want to do that. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. We want them to have a little window to look out of. But I just want that. That window could be like a screen. You know how a screen sort of keeps out mosquitoes? <laughs> but you can still sort of see what's going on in the general area of my t-shirt. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Anyway, what makes sense to me is you guys following us on Twitter at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast. We uh, have an Instagram. No one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's great, especially if you're new, you like the show, maybe you hate the show. If you hate the show, maybe don't rate and review us on Apple <laughs> But I hope you will. I mean, I hope it's okay. I don't know. Um, Stitcher, Spotify. You know, get on the get on the bandwagon here, and uh, I don't know something else. Patreon, join our Patreon. Throw us a buck; it'll be cool. We put up like extra episodes. Um, right now, we're going through the Riddick movies. Before we went through the Resident Evil movies for fun. I think on the next Patreon, I'm gonna. This is an exclusive. No one likes the tuna announcement. Mm-hmm. That I haven't pre-discussed with Daryl. <laughs> I think the next Patreon series will be the extended films of Jason Statham. <laughs> Transporter, Transporter 2, 
crank one and two, mm-hmm. mechanic one and two. Ooh, yeah. Very down. I don't Very say down? no to any. I don't say no to anything, but I'm definitely saying yes to this. Good. Good, 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 good. All right, so we'll wrap up the Riddick series hopefully in the next few weeks. Uh, scheduling has been a little tight. I'm just working on a job for Disney here, and it's just like 12-hour days and sucks. And so mm-hmm. getting to that is tough. Um, but in June, I'll be done, and I'll have a ton more time, and we can do that. And then we'll launch in on some other exclusive Patreon shit. Because I want I want to take care of those guys, you know? They really do us a solid, and they take care of us. They help pay for the Zoom that I just paid the invoice for today. So I want to help, you know, give something back a little bit. So get on that with us, Daryl. I hope you have a great week. Next week, we're going to watch Tokyo Drift. Sayonara. It should be a good time. Till next time. I doubt it. Oh, it's going to be good. I know it will be. (laughs) All right, bro. Later. (laughs) Later.